1: You ready? Go for it. All right. Welcome you to Porch Talk. Uh, This is an unusual episode. Uh, I'm a guest uh, interviewer. My name is Joe McGowan, and we're going to interview Alan, the uh, the normal host of Porch Talk, for his, this is his 500th episode of Porch Talk, and this is significant, so we need to ask him a few questions. Right on, dude. I'd like to start with, first of all, you know, your background. Who are you? What's your name? What do, you, what do you do? Where are you from? What's going on? Alan Aldridge from Kennedy,
2: Alabama. Of uh, Kennedy?
1: Where Where is Kennedy?
2: It's right on the Mississippi and Alabama state line. Uh, it's 30 minutes east of Columbus and 40 minutes west of Tuscaloosa. Uh, if you're familiar with going to Columbus to Tuscaloosa, you go through a little town called Reform. Mm-hmm. If you turn north there, it would take you to Kennedy.
1: Okay, I got you. How how did you end up in the Golden Triangle? What, what what's the sequence of events that led you here? Just a little background.
2: Oh, it was work. Of uh, I, when I graduated high school, I had packed my bags and I was moving the mobile. And I didn't tell nobody. And my grandmother, who I was living with at the time, caught me as I was like loading that duffel bag up, she's like, "Yo, what are you doing?" I was like, "Where are you going?" I'm going down to Mobile, and she's like, where are you going to live? I was like, I don't know. What, what are you going to do for money? I don't know. <laughs> wow. Why? And I was like, I they's just, just want to go to the coast. And she was like, well, won't you uh go to college? And I was like, well, I, I didn't apply, and uh, I didn't take the ACTs. I didn't take the SATs, and I'm not really interested. I just got... I just got done with high school. I'm not I'm not trying to go to school anymore. And she's like, well, your friends are at Shelton State in Tuscaloosa. Why don't you go? And uh, so she talked me out of that. And so I took a tour of Tuscaloosa, walked the halls, tried to find something that would interest me. And I ended up in uh, the industrial electronic programs, robotics, hydraulics, uh, circuit boards, uh, just everything to do that would make you a maintenance man in a factory. Mm-hmm. And I got that degree, and uh, Dr. Butler was running the program at that time. I'm sure he sh- still is. Is he, that uh,
1: like a two-year program? It or? is, uh-huh. yes. Yeah, it's uh-huh.
2: like a trade. Okay. Yeah, it's a two-year associate's degree. And uh, my time was coming up in a small motor repair shop, well, electric motor repair shop in Columbus, Mississippi, electric motor sales and service. Uh, they had called Shelton State, and they wanted the brightest student. Uh, in the program, and they wanted him to be kind of close to Columbus, and I happened to check both boxes. And so immediately after uh, the phone call, Dr. Butler called me into his office. He was like, doesn't happen for most people, but uh, you got a job.
3: Yeah, that's great.
2: And so I worked in that job for a year, and that's how I really uh, ended up in the Golden Triangle. And when we were in high school and got old enough to drive – Columbus was the closest place to go to go bowling or go to the movies, mm-hmm. or even like I was taking guitar lessons from a cat named Dennis McKay, mm. and uh, the first show I ever played was in Columbus. So um, Columbus holds uh, a very special place in my heart.
1: So the guitar and singing you've been doing a long time.
2: I've been singing since I was like six years old. I grew six. Up, Yeah, I grew up in. Uh, I grew up in church and I would sing specials mm-hmm. and. Guitar. I would start playing guitar when I was 15. Mm-hmm. That was because my best friend, uh, he played "Proud Mary" by Credence Clearwater sure. Revival at uh the talent show at school, and I mean he just ripped that solo. And I was, I told my grandma that night, I was like, I want a guitar. I want to rock. <laughs> so your grandmother, uh, she sounds like she was
1: a very instrumental person in your.
2: Oh, and and my grandfather too, uh, Bubba. Uh,
1: Bubba, there has to be a Bubba.
2: There's always a Bubba. Uh, Yeah, so after my parents' divorce, instead of living with my mother or father, I elected to live with them.
1: And how old were you then?
2: Uh, Twelve. Oh, wow, wow, Mm -hmm.
1: okay, I got it.
2: Huh? It's just like, nothing against either parent, it was just like, I just. You
1: didn't want to take sides. They were great. Yeah, uh, like, yeah.
2: And when it was all shaken down, it almost felt like I was just a pawn. Yeah. And as soon as the opportunity worked out, I was just staying with them, and I was happy and just visiting with the parents on the weekends and stuff. And it was, it, it just gave me a chance at normalcy, you know? So so
1: you, you grew up in Alabama, and you were coming to Columbus, playing the guitar, singing from a young age. You go to this trade school. You got a job in Columbus for a year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like very young. What are you now? 30? 32. 32. So this is 10 years ago, something like that. Yeah. You know, and then, um, somehow you end up over here working in Starkville.
2: Because of this podcast. Really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, Bo Jeffries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every hundred episodes, uh, I get interviewed. And Bo Jeffries was the first one on the 100th to interview me. But before that, he had come on the show. And we had such a good time, and we we sparked it off. And he invited me to the only house show that he had ever done at his house. He invited one of his favorite musicians uh, to come play at his house, private party. And he invited all his friends to come. And the guy who works hr for the city of starville nav ashford
3: hmm.
2: happened to be there and at that time electric motors was uh just way of the economy and the way of industry like there wasn't a whole lot of industry and we were losing a lot of business and uh, todd davis the owner instead of sending me home he would allow me to sweep the shop and he would I became the hotshot guy in delivering. He was doing everything that I could to allow me to have 40 hours a week because it wouldn't work. And I I met in his office, and I I really appreciate this opportunity. uh, But, you know, I want to be an asset, not a liability, and I'm a liability. So I, I just wanted to tell you that I'm looking for another job, and I really appreciate the opportunity. And I expressed to Bo and other friends of mine, uh, I really need to find something else, and me and Nav met that night at Bo's house, and Nav told me about the opportunities that Startville had, and so I had a background in technology, hmm. and so I would be the the automated meter uh, guy for the city of Startwell. So Bo
1: is a great singer himself, guitarist. He's awesome. He's wonderful. So I've met him a time or two, and I've always enjoyed hearing him sing so so you're so you got a job at starbo, and suddenly you're opening up your golden triangle network i guess yes, uh the podcast um when when how old were you when did you start this podcast it's five,
2: uh july twenty seventh of this year marked five years, so I started this in twenty eighteen and a little bit of history that was left out Of while I was working at electric motors the first time i was uh some kind of, I don't know, nothing was sitting right. And, uh, at that time I had gotten back involved with church and I was given the, the, the pastor guitar lessons hmm. in exchange for Bible lessons. Cause I was like, man, something, something's going on. Like nothing is really fulfilling for me. And I was looking for answers and I was like, maybe, maybe the Bible can help me out. And, um, uh, so I'd give a guitar lesson for a Bible lesson, and then we hit it off, and I started going to church there. And then the church would get involved in missions. And one day we met for a guitar lesson, and he was like, you're going to Guatemala. And I was like, well, there must be some kind of a mistake because, A, I'm broke. Two, I don't have a passport. And three, I don't really think I have a desire to go. He's like, "And no, he was you're like, going. <laughs> he was like, well, you need to go get your passport because... Uh, you're, it's already paid for. Your plane ticket's bought and everything that you need is already ready and available. You're going. And so long story short was the church that runs the mission house there in Guatemala in Chimaltenango was in Grand Bay just outside of Mobile. And that would be a catalyst for me at 18 years old in high school wanting to go to Mobile. Well, now I would move to Mobile. Hmm. And I would go to the University of Mobile to study missions. And hmm. uh, it was studying culture and theology and I was working I went to the uh, New Orleans Seminary i got married got divorced Uh,
1: you have done a lot of things I've
2: I've, I've done a lot of things while I was in Mobile Uh, held a residency down there at the Pelican Reef in between Mobile and Dolphin Island I've had a great time and spent most of my adult life most of my 20s down in Mobile and after the divorce I started working two jobs and I was like, why am I working so hard to stay in Mobile to where I don't have any immediate family? And at that time, like, uh, my my grandfather had passed while I was in Mobile, Bubba. And my grandmother, uh, who raised me, was having an incredibly hard time with the deaf. And every time I would come home to visit, I mean, I could just see her t- decline. And I was like, I'm going to go back home and be with my family. Mm-hmm and i'm gonna help take care of her and it was through hanging out with friends of mine back in high school we hadn't caught up in six seven years practically the entire time that i was in mobile hanging out with them and we would sit on porches and uh... we would have conversations like this and then we would break the guitars or pianos out and we'd be like hey i've been working on this man check, check this out and uh and we got to talking and i had just gotten exposed to podcasts and i told my buddy blake dillard i was i don't think anything exists of this caliber when it comes to a podcast where you just got these southern guys just talking about the day-to-day and uh then they share a little bit of their music and so i recorded about 10 or 15 episodes of porch talk that never aired because i wasn't satisfied and this very, was back in 2018, 17, 2018, 17, and then okay. the, the first episode that aired, uh, I called my buddy that moved down the mobile with me, J.C. Hildreth, and I was like, hey, uh, I'm about to hit the red light on this uh, software, and you <laughs> and I are going to talk over the phone, and this is going to be the first episode of Ports Talk. And it was called To Be or Not To Be because I quoted Shakespeare at the very beginning.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's been five years now. Mm-hmm. You're doing roughly 100 episodes a year?
2: Yes, yeah, and, roughly uh, 100. And you're,
1: you started out, it seemed like you started out more with musicians in the region, but you seem like you've opened up more to now, the, more of the arts, other other artists,
2: maybe even writers. Comedians. Uh, comedians. What uh, else? Authors, mm-hmm. of, and also just people around the town that I believe to be a shaker of the culture. Maybe it's an entrepreneur. Someone who's helping grow. The community. Yeah uh and and that was when i began to see like it started on my porch with me and just my buddies and we saw a little success and then this was in kennedy alabama and then friends from columbus was telling me about a cat named colin crager who's a realtor
1: we know i know colin well
2: and uh they was like he's a very interesting guy and he just does so much good for the community Absolutely. and like uh he's like you only what you do in kennedy he does in columbus on a larger scale He like he he does events for the community. He throws block parties, and I was like, "Oh, he's a he's a shifter. He's a he's a culture builder. He's he's about community." And so I reached out to Colin, and uh, after Colin and I did that interview, that was the first interview off my porch. Wow! Uh, he introduced me to Jamie Nettles, who runs the yeah, I know, Jamie. Sunstroke House, That's the right. house venue in downtown Columbus. And I reached out to her, interviewed her, and she opened up her home to where most musicians and bands that passed through the Sunstroke house, I captured. So, I mean, you, you're right on that. It's like it started with music. And then Porch Talk took a turn. Like, it, it like I, I wanted to keep the friend element and the idea that we're just sitting on the porch, having a beer, and just talking about the day-to-day. But then it turned to, well, people who are a fan of the show, I could introduce them to musicians that... I believe you know they're they're not they're not top. Some of them are now, by the way, Uh, but at that time they weren't topping the charts on the on the music charts. And I was like, they're great, and I think you should know about them. So suddenly, you have the ability to promote
1: these artists in a way that's beneficial to their careers.
2: Yeah, and and provide a platform uh, to them.
1: You know why? Why? I mean, you're like a regular guy. Yeah, you know, like. You know, like you're not. I don't. I would. I wouldn't say you're rich. You're. You're just a guy. Yeah. He's working. You're a working guy. Yeah. And you're like you. You love the, the arts. You love music. Then, like, why did you think you could do? Like, what? You like, what inspired you? You know, were you seeing a, something missing? What? What? What is it? You know. Yeah, what I, Why? What makes someone want to do something for the community? Because. This is ridiculous. Five hundred episodes over five years promoting people—you don't get paid. No one's paying you, right?
2: Well, there's ads on the show, and Manscaped you know what I mean? has sponsored right, sure. it. And, uh, but we, you
1: got equipment. You know, you're not yeah. making money. You're doing it because you
3: love it's a It's a hard
2: project, equipment. and like uh, LinkedIn, like I recently changed it over to uh, in my profile to say that I'm a, a podcaster, and so like I'll have people reach out, like because there's a whole uh, podcast economy now. Really. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, I'll have these, I call them grifters because they're just trying to make money. They're just trying to grind off people like me trying to make something. Sure. And I tried, like I explained to them, I was like, I'm not really, I don't care about money. I make enough money to get by, and I have enough money to do what I enjoy doing, and I get to play shows and make music with my friends, Mm -hmm. and I get to travel around the southeast and talk to people I find interesting. And uh, it's just a heart project, and like he slapped me in the face with like the following comment. Well, he's like, "Well, I'm just trying to help you make your heart project something that you could do full time." And I was like, "Well, yeah, maybe one day, but I never really thought about it like that."
1: It is a goal. Like, if you can find a way to do it full time and, yeah. and and get
2: enough money to pay your bills and be happy,
1: that would be nice. Think about what you could do, even more so for people. You know, it'd yeah. be amazing. Right? Yeah,
2: it, it really would. And, uh, you know, from the inception of Porch Talk, it ended up, like, I would do one episode a week, and now I try to do two. Sometimes I'll do three, four. It just depends on, like, how much I can do that week. Uh, but I'm busy. Uh, I host the Open Mic, and I got a full-time open job. Open Mic, where? Uh, at Munson Brothers mm-hmm. in Columbus. Yeah. And that's a big part. Like, uh, Munson and I talked about, and Mark Wilson, shout out, good friend of mine.
1: Mookie, the singer? Mm-hmm. Who's Mark Wilson?
2: Oh, that's not Mookie. No, Mark Wilson, uh, he came into my life like a wrecking ball about a year ago. Mm -hmm. Like his parents and family's from Columbus, but uh, well, originally from the Jackson area. And uh, he had moved off to Maine to uh, grow marijuana. (laughs) And uh, his parents' health was failing, so that kind of led him back home to his roots. And so we had a lot in common with that. And uh, Mark... Uh, Ryan Monson and myself talked about providing an open mic to the community to try to build up the scene Because it it takes something like that and I mean just with porch talk or like with most endeavors that I try to do like from what I learned at the University of Mobile about culture is it it takes people uh, like that in the community to create events and to provide outlets and platforms for Others to inspire them to uh, step outside and like just see if you can do it you know
1: well you know you know you've lived here and i've lived I'm originally from Maine coincidentally to your story there, but I've been in the South since seventy five we you know we moved here I was in middle school and I've seen a lot of great change I've seen a lot of things one thing I 've noticed, and this is my opinion and it's sort of anecdotal, but I feel like the south Mississippi, Alabama, there's more creativity, more creative people per capita than anywhere in the world. Everybody has some talent here, some kind of talent. But what we do lack is um venues, outlets, or outlets to, to showcase their work. So you'll see a lot of people they'll have to go elsewhere <sighs> to show, you know, their art or sell their music. Uh a few if few you, you know, there's a few exceptions, you know, where they can do it here, but it's limited what you can do. So the networking of a few individuals in these communities uh, to promote others is is uh, it's amazing. And I, I like the spider webbing, like we're doing a what we're doing out here at the McGowan Art Studio and Retreat. Whatever you know, we're uh, we're trying to bring in artists and musicians. Yeah. And then we're bringing, and then you come out and interview our visiting artists, and then it's it just. Everything spiderwebs, and I love that. And you know, I'm seeing more and more of that. You know, the Munson and Brothers, the way that that's growing. The Del Rennan Foundation, the arts councils are all growing in scope. Um, yeah. The underground music and art scene, I've seen a tremendous growth with young artists in the last even seven years in the in the local region from in the Golden Triangle. I right? think
2: they're and I think for that reason, and like, I wouldn't put myself in that group but i mean maybe others would but i think it takes people like you and these. i would put you in the group but like put
1: everybody who sacrifices their time to help others
2: yeah in the artistic community and, and, and that's just it and like you young people you know uh those are the people who are gonna shake the culture the most because like i'm 32 and like it won't be long until like i'm not this is this is what I've noticed I'm not cool anymore I guess you know
1: you''re you're you know you you start some work you're like there's a gap what we talked about this before the podcast we're like why why do anything you know you, you you can complain night and day about the lack of this or that, but then you're like, well, you know maybe I can do something about it yeah, so we're trying to do something but then we we can't do everything all we can do any individual is what we can do, but we hope that others we we'll pick it up, and then we see next generations of people or younger people picking it up and doing their own thing, and that's when you start realizing that's a really that's really good. Yeah, and, and we're seeing more and more of that, you know. We are. So uh, everybody plays a part, no matter how little or how big. It's really important to me.
2: Yeah, of uh, recent podcasts I was on, I was interviewed. It's kind of shaping up similar to this, and uh, that was that was their big their big question, you know, like the point that you just made is why do you do what you do and it's like i didn't that this wasn't a thing when i was coming up and if it was who knows what i where i would be that's right know? why do you do anything what's the point of life what's your whole goal
1: in life i mean really you got to have a reason at the end of the day what what's the meaning of your daily life your your life you know what do you what do you want to be remembered for you know you want to have some impact you want to be you want to do something so it's a
2: sense of legacy yeah
1: yeah and i think why not if you can why not Mm -hmm. you know if you don't just just don't complain about it you know it's all i'm saying yeah absolutely get in there and do what you can make a difference make you know mississippi alabama we're known for brain drain whatever you want to call it people leaving sure but uh i hate that i I mean like you, you know if everybody leaves
2: Ain't nobody. You know, here. You,
1: you want some people to you want some people to stay or come back, and you do. Uh, we are seeing people coming back.
2: And, we uh, are, and, and reasons that's, for that. And that's another thing. Like I attribute, like I love having those conversations with JC Long about brain drain. That's the main term that I think he's really coined. It in my mind.
1: And <laughs> for those who don't know, JC is a local. Um, he's an engineer, musician,
2: a photographer, vendor,
1: photographer, writer. He's been a strong. Proponent of the arts, promoter of the arts locally in different ways. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and everybody does, like I said, they all, we all do our little part, but it really makes everything better.
2: Yeah. You know? And and, the, and that's the thing about it is, like, uh, over the pandemic, like, through this podcast and, you know, as it's grown, like, we'll do Zoom calls now if I can get to you, like, mm-hmm. New York, California, uh, parts of Tennessee. I've, I've done interviews in South Africa. So
1: you've interviewed... Uh, artists and other creators
2: from all over the world all
1: over the
2: world not just in the southeast not just southeast it's grown like that and like i've had friends from new york like especially like coming out of the pandemic and you know just through them becoming fans of the show from being on the show they began reaching out and it's like i'm thinking about picking up my family and like starting life again in your area would you recommend that and i was like please please come we need people like you.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, what do you uh, What do you think next for you in this podcast promotional world, uh, the Munson and Brother? What, what What do you see happening? I know you You've started your own festival, Porch Fest. Mm-hmm. You've done that three years, four years. Uh, f- more. I don't know.
2: Five. Five years. Uh, the first year we did it, we didn't call it Porch Fest.
1: It's been coincidental with the. Uh, timing of the five years of reports it has podcast.
2: yeah yeah and shout out to the stiff tones they were a big part of that uh, from the
1: beginning inception or
2: they so uh the main reason i started getting draw from musicians all over the country was i entered the npr tiny desk concert series oh. and after you enter into that songwriter contest you get thrown into a facebook group with everyone who entered and i I knew I wasn't going to win. And matter of fact, my band is here tonight. You might hear them. Uh, in the background of that video I submitted, I had bullfrogs and locusts <laughs> just doing their thing. Yeah, nature. and Yeah, I had nature. And um, like I reached out to the community in that group. Is like, hey, my name's Alan and I host a podcast, and I like to interview musicians. And the Stiff Tones were one of the first people to hit me up on that. And at that time, they were uh, getting ready to get out of uh, the south side of chicago uh, not chicago itself but uh the suburbs and uh they were headed to new hampshire and they were getting ready to strike out the road in a hearse that's how they were going to tour the nation and
1: now i met the stiff downs recently adam munson and brothers mm-hmm.
2: at your porch fest that's right
1: and uh they were in a hearse they <laughs> it yeah it was amazing yeah they were incredible and uh talked and, a
2: little bit yeah and after they came on the show of uh, they asked if they could just come to alabama and stay with me and i was like i'll do you one better i'll invite my local music buddies and we'll throw a party at my house Mm -hmm. and that was the formation of porch fest as we know it oh wow okay and then it turned into i had food trucks coming to my house i had uh, artists come to paint what was going on on the porch i had people set up at my house and this is in kennedy in the middle of nowhere and then i moved to columbus and the house really didn't make sense anymore and then Monson opened up uh, his venue so that we could host it there. And this past year, well, it, well earlier this year, was the first uh, Porch Fest in Columbus. And it was amazing. I, li-
1: I like the venue over there. I think that's going to be a, a good place to be, personally. Um, hmm. Very interesting. Uh, well, you know, I, I don't have a ton of questions for you. Um, I do have a few sure um one of the biggest things is you know how can we make your what you're doing grow is there a way or like is there a way people can help fund what you're doing is, is there a way to go to the next level yeah, you yeah, have like a, a website. Do you have a donation page? What what can people do to help you uh, continue to promoting people? Local people
2: do. Of uh, I have a Patreon page, and it okay. it's still to this day. I think it's been live for like three or four years, and we've had patrons come and go. But the hardest thing for me was to figure out what the content would be for it. Like, what would I offer you for being a patron? I see. And so, like, I'm continuing to work on that. Of well, I do. I do notice. I made a record. Yeah, you did. You uh, made a record. You, you, you can. You can buy a record. I'll. I'll happily mail you one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you can support me that way. But and also, like, I do have donors, like people, of Venmo, Cash App, mm-hmm. uh, all of that. Of uh, you know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars a month, mm-hmm. just for the cost, and that mm-hmm. that helps me like replace cords, microphones, or uh, also it's gas in the car because I do travel a lot That's to right. do this and. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, if you're interested in giving, uh, you can rate and review the show. That's things that you could do for show mm-hmm. uh, for free. Really? That is, uh, that, does that help? In the algorithm, like, mm-hmm. if, if there's a lot of ratings and reviews, like, it'll come up. It'll be pushed up and, like, on the podcast apps to where people can find it easily. You can share it on your social media. Uh, you can like and follow the page. That that helps on every Social media platform. I mean, those are free things that you can do. Uh, but the biggest thing is just word of mouth. If you really are digging what I'm doing and you want to get behind the culture and everything that we're pushing, is talk about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, wow, that's amazing. I'm ju- I'm just blown away by by what you've done in this, you know five year period of time. Um, the album you did, uh, you had a really cool artist design the cover. Abe Partridge. <laughs> Abe. He was, I don't know if you have favorite people you've interviewed. I assume I'm the favorite, but there's probably others. But Abe, <laughs> he's he's been touring the world, Europe. He's yeah. a folk singer. He does folk art. He does, he's just an amazing guy, you know. I, met, I was he lucky. A, he, he brought did, him by. I got to meet him one day. Yeah, here. he
2: did a podcast with Farrell Gibbs, and uh, he, it's, a, it's like a docuseries tour. He was up in like North Alabama, up in Sand Mountain, all the way up to Kentucky. Hmm. to where uh, so many people have written books and even interviewed the snake handler churches and painted them in a bad light. And this podcast did a wonderful job of actually getting to know these people and them, in turn, these people actually trusting Abe. Just like with uh, Jimmy Duck Holmes and some of the blues artists that I've interviewed, the old-timers, they won't be with us very long, by the way. That's right. So if you get a chance to go to the Blue Front Cafe in Bentoni, you should, because that's not going to—you're not going to be able to see Jimmy Duck Holmes in that capacity forever. Now, do
3: you
1: go to the Delta over in that area regularly? Uh, frequently? Yeah,
2: uh, you know, uh, probably a dozen times a year. Mm-hmm. And I get to play there too, so I mean that's—that's that's wow. dope. But uh, yeah, he—he he painted uh, with this podcast uh, the snake handling churches in a. Uh, in a positive light and you got to know them and whether you're freaked out by what they do or you think they're crazy, at least you get to hear their story from their mouth unedited to where it's not like, you know, Abe's done a lot of interesting things and uh, I'm, I'm thankful that, uh that I know him and I can, I can call Abe a, a friend, you know? Uh, and same goes for Bo or same goes for you. Like Joe, I can't tell you like uh, what an impact that you've had on my life. And I, I appreciate like since the inception of us becoming friends and interviewing in there and, just getting to know, like, what in the world is going on in your head when you're doing these psychedelic art, and then you're an entomologist for the Mississippi State, and just and all these people that you've introduced me to that I have I've failed to interdu- interview so far, and I want them on the show. I just have to reconnect and rekindle that flame. We'll have many more. <laughs> yeah, we'll and um, more. and for what you're doing with this out here, it's like you are the exact type of person that i want to be connected with to where like you're trying to do things like i am mm-hmm.
1: we don't yeah we're not like we don't have we're just people but we want to try to make things cool. better we want to promote artists we want to make networks of musical creative writers we want you know you know it's like if you have uh, one place one venue one artist one art gallery that's great but if you have a hundred it becomes a mecca for the arts Sure. You know, we have all the creatives we need here. We just need to find places for them, and we need to let to be... people know about them. Yeah. And I don't want to say it's a civic duty, but I sure feel compelled to to do that.
2: I've, you know, there there have been times, and like I, I honestly thought about uh, after this episode, and maybe giving a porch talk a break. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even get the thought out in my journal before I had a Instagram DM. How hey, do, how, hey! Uh, uh, if you can get down here to uh, Hattiesburg, I got a couple people I'd like for you to meet and interview. And hey, if you can get over here to to Birmingham, I've got some some people that uh, I I want you to meet. And you know, I, I think about and I just Startville. Like every time I think I've turned the final stone, and I I've, I finally covered Startville or Columbus or whatever town. And by the way, if you're out there, and you're just like, well, I haven't been on Port Talk yet, yet. I'm going to get to you. Like, How do it, they contact you? Uh, I mean, you can uh, Facebook, Instagram, Porch Talk, 101. Mm-hmm. Um, if if we have a mutual friend, uh, you can. the best way is like for someone to speak on your behalf. Uh, I don't mind you reaching out and telling me that you want to be on the show, but if you have someone like yourself that I trust and uh, that will speak for you, like I'm probably 75%... More probably going to have your own.
1: We definitely have a lineup with our artist series. We're trying to bring in with resident artists that we'll will have, and uh, you know we'll try to have several a year, and others uh, that are peripherally involved. But oh, we've already got another artist lined up for late yeah. September, October. Amy,
0: w- save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app.
1: She's in the Oxford area. Yeah. We got, we got some girls coming in in uh, April of next year
2: from L.A. Amazing. That's great, dude. And I love what you're doing. We're going to bring you, you out here every time. Yeah. So don't quit doing it. <laughs> I didn't, it. It wasn't that I was going to quit. It was take like I just wanted to see, like my thought process on that is like hit 500 episodes and maybe just take a take a month off and just see uh, how the culture
1: grows in that short window.
2: Yeah, or local. or or see if if anybody misses it, and mm-hmm. just see like, does anybody rise up in my place, or is like, you know, is there is that an actual void that is going to be filled? Like, because I mean, one day like I'm not going to be around. Do you so have like, some proteges.
1: Do you got some people that are? Uh, so with you? so uh,
2: we. I've porch talk uh, has inspired quite a few podcasts. And, really, uh, um, I'm thankful that you know they they let me stop by and be on them. Uh, most recently. Uh, the County Line uh, by Lee Carl Smith in Philadelphia, uh, Midwife Crisis Lauren Button who yeah, you met, yeah, sure. uh, her Wild Child Rivers, <laughs> um, they just started theirs. I think they're like three or four episodes in now. And then uh, the Man Up in Columbus at Relentless MMA. I'll I'll frequent that one, mm-hmm. and that's it's fun. And um, they're all quite different, and they're all but so different, and it's and related. they're doing their own thing. And that's what I love about podcast or anything else, it's like I don't know a single person who's the same, so why should every podcast be the same? And and that's another thing is I want to create a network of podcasts and so like especially like if it's Mississippi or the Alabama area or whatever else, it's like if you like this, you might like my friend too. Have you thought about uh expanding
1: the the idea of the podcast? Maybe doing like a independent film with some local filmmakers we got some great ones like mike williams over in west point doing a little film about some select people that you've interviewed perhaps entering a film in a film festival magnolia film festival i would love that I mean, that would uh, be
2: really cool and th- and that's something like when it goes back to the patreon just for a second or even like my youtube channel like a lot of times like if i have a musician on like i'll film them you know while they play so really uh and i'll throw it up on the youtube page for them for people to see and, uh, but like a short film like that, like uh, a podcast that I'm really into right now, um, they recently started a side project on their YouTube channel. It's about 20-minute episodes. It drops once a week, and they're going to do it in seasons. And every, uh, they do it for six weeks, one episode a week, 20-minute episodes. And they call it field tripping. And uh, it's a bunch of comedians, and so they'll call a comedian friend, and they'll go out and do something really cool. And, uh, you know, it's just comedians being comedians. They're being funny. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've thought about that. And so, like, if I had a camera guy, mm-hmm. oh, possibilities are endless. And if, if we if we were to do a film, I would love that.
1: I do have some filmmaker friends. And, I, in fact, I don't know if you know Michael Williams in West Point. I don't. If you don't, you need to podcast him. Ah, he's, Shout out Michael. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's amazing. Um, he's done quite a few independent films. Uh, films and and uh, they're always good. He directs them. He's acted them. He do, he does it all. He's won some good awards from the Mississippi Arts Commission to fund it and other things. Uh, he's the kind of person, you know. He you could go. I saw a film at the Magnolia Film Festival a few years ago, and it was about the uh, the the punk rock scene that went through Memphis, especially in the '70s '80s. And I lived in Memphis for a while back then. In art, I went to an art school and I, I frequented this club. There that was mentioned, and it was really interesting to see how things came and went and changed. And you're you're observing this here in real time, watching change, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the music scene, the art scene, the people scene, you know. And and you're you're documenting it firsthand. It'd be just really neat to do a little little documentary movie, you know, here and there, bits and pieces. some could be out at a place like here with the cicadas yeah, going. it'd wherever. be nice to have it at the Sunstruck Some might house. be at the Munson
2: Brothers. Yeah.
1: Part of it might be Dave's Dark Horse Tavern, you know. Yeah. All these uh, people that I'm,
2: are... I'm judging the songwriter competition on August 26th, so if you're a songwriter in the War or Golden Triangle area, sign up, and uh, I'm not going to show any biases, but uh, like, come out and show me what you got. And this is for the Cotton District
1: Arts Festival? That's right. And and that's another one of these things where we're all coming back around and seeing how things tie together, but the Del Renan Foundation, which I'm also a part of, helps fund
2: this uh,
1: singer-songwriter company. Matter of
2: fact, Lee Graham, uh, Georgia. He's uh, on our board, Lee Graham. uh, Georgia, his wife, reached out to me to ask if I would judge it. And I'm so honored by that. Uh, Because, Joe, I don't... A lot of times i I struggle with, like, imposter syndrome. Mm hmm And uh, a lot of times I don't feel like a musician. I don't feel like a songwriter. And then for that kind of affirmation, like, to... Hey, we're we're doing this, and we would like for you to judge it. It's like, well, that that tells me that like people do put some respect on what I do
1: for us on the Del Rendon Foundation Board. The singer songwriter competition is part of Del Rendon's legacy. Yeah, you know, and and uh, funding and helping support these events, you know, mean a lot to everybody on the board, especially his family and Lee Graham, who you may or may not know. Oh, I know him. He was the bassist for the Del Rendon Del Rendon's band. That. Either the Puerto Rican Rums rockss he was the bassist back then and he and his wife Georgia of course still play but Lee Lee plays in multiple bands and and you know there's no better musician I mean he's Hologram, he's shout out yeah
2: really good they're gonna be on the cast soon by the way
1: really well that's good they're 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 fun they're a fun duo good well I, I'm really glad to hear that um I do uh I don't know how much more I want to talk about do you have anything you'd like to throw out there ooh I mean, it's about you. If you got something you want to talk about, you want to promote, you want to, um, you know, touch on. I'm I'm gonna have you finish up with at least a song or two. Sure. Which uh, I can pull your guitar out if you prefer.
2: Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't bring mine. I do
1: have one in my studio. Is I can up and ca- get
2: it. Is that thing got a capo on it? I can grab you one if you like. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I think that'll be good. I I think I've covered. Uh, the next Porch Fest will be at Monson & Brothers. So it's April 13th in 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, maybe April 12th. April 13th is a Saturday. Uh, I've considered just doing one day because, like, it kind of breaks my heart to see... Which, I'm there the whole time, So it, but on... The Friday at Munson's, I had a totally different crowd. You yeah, know, I, I was there the Friday. Yeah, and then on Saturday, like we had a totally new crowd, and I was like, I wanted my Friday crowd to meet my Saturday crowd. I think it's
1: hard for everybody to do both nights. So that may yeah. be a
2: good idea. So, like, I, I wanted I want to limit it to one day and just have one big block, and I want everyone to commit to that one day. I think that's a good idea. And I and I want like, I mean, this for people who listen to Porch Talk for the community of Columbus and the Golden Triangle. And for the musicians, for the artists, uh, man, help me make Porch Fest a great springtime of uh, festival, mm-hmm. and like something to look forward to, and like something that the Golden Triangle in Columbus, Mississippi, is proud to say that they do. Like, he- help me with that. So, yeah. please, like, go ahead and mark it on your calendar. Set up a reminder, April thirteenth,
1: and that's a Saturday. It's a Saturday. Yep. Okay. So I mean, and it'll be like from noon till midnight. We'll, we'll go. For,
2: we'll go from noon to eleven p.m. Okay. hmm And you- we'll have uh, two stages. And uh, I know, like this last one, we we ran two stages, and I've heard like some of the gripes that maybe some people had. If you play on the inside stage, it's that is not saying that you are less than the people who are playing on the outside stage of what that is saying and I stack these musicians with 45-minute sets uh, typically on the outside stage full bands two-piece three-piece bands full bands and on the inside if you're a singer-songwriter you're on the inside and so like you can catch 30 minutes of whomever you want to see but you can see both and plus we're all in one place and you can venture it and I'm not, like, if I book you on the inside stage, I'm not saying that you're not as good, you're not good enough to play on the outside. Like, I booked you, you know?
1: And also, you know, some people would rather sit inside and listen to the outside. Everybody's different. Yeah. It gives a different vibe, audience vibe, everything. Yeah, sure. And the inside of Munson Brothers is, is really cool. Yes, yeah, If it
2: you is. haven't been there, you got to check it out. Check it out uh also open mics uh every other thursday at Monsons and, and you're running that I run that that's that's uh that's my other uh heart project uh, I'm trying to build it up I invite musicians uh not from here in hopes and that's a, that's a uh, you asked me if if something I wanted to plug and it's something that recently started really working for me and I I hope that other local musicians mm-hmm. will continue to buy into this and as they buy into it, I'm going to help you with more opportunities. But because I have invited people to our place and play, mm-hmm. they return the favor. And that's one thing that like, I want to make real clear is when you think there's levels to everything. When you think about the level of musicianship or bands or songwriters or however you want to put it, people at the top, what they, have in, uh, they don't have in common with people at the bottom, People at the bottom like to compete. Mm-hmm. People at the top, they like to cooperate. Like to cooperate. Right. And so let's cooperate. Let's stop being so competitive. Let's stop being petty. Let's get over ourselves and work together for the sake of the scene. And when I invite people from not in our scene, be respectful and show them grace. And maybe you'll find yourself playing in. Nashville, Tennessee, or maybe you'll find yourself in Chicago, Illinois. You know, like if if you help them, they will help you.
1: I've noticed that, like, the I don't get I don't get out much at night. I mean, I'm out in the country and I just don't get out a lot, so it's hard for me. I'm, I'm, if I had I, a place
2: like this, I wouldn't either. I'm pretty Gerald.
1: manic, you know. When I when I get home, I you know I'm only working part time since I retired. I come home and I work on the yard, the buildings, yeah, the sure, art, and. Um, it's just hard to make myself pull away. I do occasionally get out and like open my... and start with Dave's Dark Horse Tavern
2: Monday night, every Monday night.
1: It's the one thing I've noticed about open Andrew mic Dickman,
2: nights, dude, shout out. There's some,
1: there's some, uh, you know, some new people, and you're like, it's always fun to hear new raw talent. I love it. Yeah. Same with art. I like, I like raw newness. I like the things that happen when someone's randomly there and they pull in someone else. But there's always some amazing musicians. That have been doing it for forty years to show up, mm-hmm. you know, and so you always have this combination of new, raw, but professional, you know. and sure. Open mic doesn't mean I'm not good at music. It means a lot of things. It means this is going to be a great night. One thing I mainly, it means is, you're
2: willing to put yourself out there.
1: Have you me. thought about maybe a crossover like a where we get some of Dave's you know talk to drew maybe you, like uh, you know bring some of those guys over to columbus and i'm glad you, columbus to glad you brought Is that
2: over to Starkville. glad you brought that up. something
1: you're talking about
2: uh caleb child's honey boy and boots oh yeah the, the last open mic that we did they came and frequented mine mm-hmm. and so um i do want to return the favor and i want to bring some of mine to you
1: like Bo. Some yeah. of these well, Boz and Tupelo, but if we can still bring him over here, he I know he'll do a <laughs> sh- mic for y'all in college. Oh, sh- yeah, right? he, he has, he yeah. has. Um, you know, you got some guys over there that are incredible. You know, um, and I know there is
2: some crossover, but it'd be really fun. Uh and and, and they bless my heart. Oh, uh, that they came. Mm-hmm. And granted, I I had just had Shank and Mame on, mm-hmm. and uh, I had recently had Honey Boy, Honey Boy and Boots on, mm-hmm. and. we really hit it off and and it's not rare because we're all doing the same thing but i really love it when that happens when i get to sit down with people and they come on the cast and then we exchange phone numbers and then like recently venues from outside the state have opened up to me and are interested in booking you know who some of the first people i tell are drew blackwell
1: it's one of the things <laughs> I've enjoyed over the years, like in the past, off and on, I've helped promote local events, music, art, anything of that nature. Quite a few, some small, some bigger. And I, I've loved meeting the, the artists and the musicians. And now, like, I consider them all friends. So Drew, you know, Shanky Mame, these guys, I know I know them, you know? Yeah. And, you know, even in some of the folks in Columbus. Well, I really like what you clubs. did for
2: Zoe Ishii, our Neptunes, if y'all are on the internet. Mm-hmm. But... uh the we, we we had uh y'all did it and I, I had to work that night so i wasn't able to make it but uh yeah we had a band perform board of tears board of, perfect right. you, you did the damn thing like yeah. it, not only did you display her art mm-hmm. but you had a band whom she designs art for right that's right it, and it was perfect it, it per- was. And it like was like i could i wish i was there joe and,
1: and uh, of course some of the folks came out here and visited after the show some of the band members came out here when I got home they were here before me to visit <laughs> no one was here yet they were out here yeah. on this pavilion waiting near to visit Zoe and us so it was really amazing but the, getting to know other creative people always stimulates more creativity and opens up yeah. your horizons I that, guess
2: I can't tell dude uh, the first resident y'all had out here Joe Garland Uh me joe and joseph a lot of joes around here and they sure are we Uh, we 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 sat around this table like we are now and man i can't tell you like just from hanging out here with your different residents or just hanging out with you and different viewpoints joseph different viewpoints we may not line up and that's fine it's okay uh but like they allowed me to collaborate on some art pieces that they were working on and like that imposter syndrome is like, who am I? Well, they don't care, so why should I? I had this I had this sort of conversation
1: with artists occasionally, especially sometimes online, like it came up uh, today or recently on Instagram. Someone posted a video about you can't be a real artist unless you have learned all these fundamentals of art training in,
2: in a school, whatever. Yeah, and what I, school did you go to? What I school did you go to, Joe? And you've right, done international things. Right,
1: I've, uh, I went to art school one year. I don't have a degree My whole philosophy is: first of all, you shouldn't. Art is like music; it's like writing. There's no this is good, this is not good. If you like it, it's good. If you like doing it, it's good. If you like making art or music, it's good. Yeah. My favorite art is my favorite art, hands down, is the art done by kids. They don't know anything. They're creative. They they don't have, you know, they hadn't learned what they need to do or say. They hadn't, you know, they're just free. You know, it's all expression. We recently were in France. We were visiting France, and we were there for a month. And we visited lots of galleries and museums. And, and everybody has preferences. But when you're walking through these old galleries and you're seeing paintings, for example, hundreds of years old, twenty feet long, magnanimous works of art, pure technique, done for the ruling class or whatever. They're sure, but they're beautiful. They're great. They're well done. But they're stale. Then you walk in, you know, they don't have any emotion. You're like, "Wow, well, okay." Mm-hmm. Then you walk in like a contemporary art museum or a or down the street and you see the the fresh graffiti and mural work. You're like, "Wow, you just feel, you know, emotion right away." What is art? You know, it's it's not one thing. It's it's everybody can have a different life. It doesn't mean it's good or bad. And we we don't <laughs> I don't like to judge art or music. I like, you know, so you know, yeah, we're all like that. We yeah. Joe Joseph joey me whatever all the joes you you know we're we're pretty your art that you might do visually or musically or whatever
2: i wouldn't consider better or worse than my own i would consider it to be different it's expressing yourself right and that's and that's what and, and shout is. out to people and i guess to give it to joseph just for a second are more people like joseph in the start was seen and I, shout out to columbus but like i really have enjoyed the murals and the things that I'm, I'm seeing more art in the downtown scene, like uh, that that Johnny Cash one right mm-hmm, there on Lafayette. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm so I'm so happy about that. And then uh, the restaurant Tyler, like they got the okra on the side, you know. So it's, so
1: you know murals like in Starville, th- we were just watching things change rapidly over the last few years. But like it wasn't like this a few years ago. Oh no! The first public mural in Starville was done by Joseph McGowan, my son. He did the first public mural. Others were done by some others, which I was part of a mural committee to help find some of these artists, but they were private. The first public mural. And, it take, and then, you know, he did this thing and it was like slightly controversial. There was some floral elements that could be- Oh, the bridge. It's, no, this is before this. This is oh. over near church. We had a conversation with a preacher and we talked about it and he they like, okay, okay. And it was a retaining wall. It's on Lampkin Road, but he did the first piece. And others, you know, there was a grant involved, and he, he applied for it, and he got oh, it. Oh, I know the
2: mural you're talking about. And
1: then, so the first piece he did inspired other people, like, you know, if he can do this, we, what can we do, you know? Mm. So it opens up the door, and then you bring in people like Deborah Mansfield from West Point to do the one downtown. Yes, yeah, sure. You know, or the one on uh, Jackson Street by the old bank there. Uh, you know, that's General Altamonte brought oh, students what am, what, out there. One of my
2: favorites, the bank on uh, Russell Street at the... Uh, well, actually, it's uh, I can't. The think, first bank behind think, yeah. it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, these. I think that may have been Deborah also. So we have people coming in who are professional. Some some parts of some are done by elementary uh, kids with their teachers. You know, high school I, kids. Yeah, I love that. So we're we're opening up the. You know, we're making. We don't have to paint everything, but but we're we changing the perception of what you can do in a Mississippi town.
2: And, and another thing is like I've heard the critique is like uh, well Starkville. Uh, Mississippi State, why, why not? Why ain't it all maroon and white? Well, dude, the world ain't black and white, okay?
1: This is what I what I would say also to folks that critique any kind of art. You know, like we had this bridge thing, it's beautiful. It's done by two students and a professor. One was Joseph.
2: And, and that's what
1: people but did But like, how can you didn't be understand less, that? You can't be more MSU than having an MSU professor with students at the time. So, you know, and it, as far as like if you want a maroon or, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's always open. Yeah. Like that bridge had been open and, and needed painted for fifty years. So why not Anytime, any point in time you could go do that. You Absolutely. could get someone to do it. So instead of complaining, always jump in there and do it. If you wanna see it, do it.
2: No one will stop you. Well, I mean that's the initiative of Porch Talk. That's right. You know, and the, and that's the initiative of people like you and me. And I guess that's that's the message that I wanna leave people with is instead of sitting on your hands and wondering why your scene or why your town or city Ain't doesn't have what you want. Be that person. Find a way to make it
1: happen in your community. Yeah, and and it'll network out, and people will follow suit every time. Yeah,
3: you don't. You people don't, will you get you behind. You don't you. have
1: to do it 100, percent but you can do it. Don't complain about it. Do something about it. And then it took me a minute to realize that as well. Like one day, it just it was an epiphany when Joseph came back from the Savannah College of Art. We're like, there's just nothing. Where do we? Well, then we just started hitting businesses. Nineteen yeah. nine, Ricks, the pop everywhere we could. Can we have a show? Can we have a show? And they're like, yeah. Every time. Every time they said yes. Every time.
2: Yeah, it's amazing.
1: And, uh, you know, because, you know, at the end of the day, if you have a little pop-up show or a music show and it's at a business, it's going to help their business. Yeah. And most people actually like music and art, so it's a bonus. I,
2: yeah. It's a win-win. Well, I mean, that's the thing about art, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, more recent episode I've done, I was talking about the most important person in a culture is a storyteller, and it's it's not always someone telling stories. It, it may be someone painting a mural. It may be someone playing a song. It may be someone that has a podcast, but, like, these are the people who are going to resonate with the community, and these are the people that, you know, who will be embraced, and, like, these are the people who are taking chances. They're the documenters.
1: They're the people that bind things together, tie it together, and let... Other people know what you did. You could be the best football player on the planet, but sure. if no one, if you never saw it and no one wrote about it or had it on TV, no one would ever know. Yeah, you know, you know who, who's Michael Jordan? You know who's, you know it's someone has to let you know. Yeah, it has to be documented in some way.
2: And, that, um, and that's a big part of what I do.
1: That's right. Um, I need to get you a guitar. So what do we need to do here?
2: Uh, we'll we'll take a short little break and you'll get that guitar and capo and, and you want I, capo? I'll share a song. You got one or two? I'll share two. All right, well, I'll, you, I'll share three. Keep it,
1: keep it in mind. I think of something good. I'll be right back. All right. World. Okay. I would like to say I'm am about to get you to play a song for us, Alan. Sure. And I hope this is one of yours, but it doesn't have to be. <laughs> it is. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not
2: big on covering. Like I will cover, but I like I'll covers, cover my but I, I love
1: original music. Uh, this is a guitar that I bought. From a guy backstage about 27, 8 years ago, yeah, and he needed something more amped up, and this wasn't one you could plug in. But it's a Seagull. It's a Canadian handmade guitar. It's beautiful. A few years ago, I painted. You can't see it here, but I did some ink painting on the front of it. It's pretty.
2: We'll take some pictures. We'll show. It's pretty
1: crazy, but this is a great guitar. But I did want to say before you get into your song, your or two songs or whatever you want to do, that I'm very happy for what you're doing with the podcast i love when regular people anybody does something to promote and help others in the area and yeah, so dude. i'm very appreciative of what you're doing Thank keep you, it man. up don't quit do it forever if you need some help from me let me know how i can help right on but let's 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 walk into a song
2: well it's uh, it's perfect for this one it's called outside my window now, we're going to have some accompaniment by the creatures out here in So, it's full circle. Okay. <laughs> okay. Outside my window. It's about taking chances.
4: Outside my window. Come the afternoon, rain clouds come in from the worst will I pass the test of what is set before me. Enough to sing my ship. It's enough to sing my ship, and this escapes my morning. And that's cold coffee on this hot burning sun. Are you still tangled in last night's memory? What I am, just a monkey full of snakes. I'm talking over with you Instead Instead So I say you to adventure Oh if we pack our things and go we'll go wherever we see fit Well that's a life on the That's what I'm afraid of, lowering my shield?
2: Second thought,
4: what's out my window?
1: What do you call this song? Outside my window. Hey, I like that. That was very nice. Cool.
2: When did you write that? About a year and a half ago. Really? Yeah.
1: Does it have some meaning to you? you yeah, it's,
2: uh, it's my favorite song that I've written. Mm-hmm. And as of lately, it is the most requested song that I have. So, like, it, I, it never goes that way, Joe. Hmm. Like, typically, it's the songs of mine that I really. And that's weird how you think about your pieces. Like, some yeah, people, you some,
1: might like something yeah. a lot, and someone else will be like, "All right, whatever. But yeah. I like this one. And you like it's, and it's, whatever."
2: It's, it's the rare thing to where like, I like it and they like it. Do you have uh, music on Spotify or other? I do. I just dropped uh, Georgia, uh, the the same recording off of the Port Stalk record. Okay. Cool. Cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you think you have one more song? Any? Before we uh, knock this porch talk episode out, you want one more? I'll give you one more. Five hundredth episode, final song of five hundred episodes.
2: It's uh, it better be good. We talked about uh, we talked about my buddy Abe Partridge. You gonna? Yep. Yep. And so um, this is a cover of uh, his psychedelic punk band, the Psych Peace. (laughs) Of course, Uh, it is. It's a song called uh, Jesse James, and I'd like to play that for you.
4: Calls, I'd stand at the hand of a band of outlaws, outlaws. And if I had me a cause, ain't nobody out of fear. Putting my pistol in my pocket, I'd charge the very gates of hell. Like to sit at the head of the finest outlaw game And I wish I was Jesse James Just one day, one day Miss Jane gets you looking good Like a star in the night And underneath the moon Oh, you're shaped just right Wish I could hold you, but just for the night You could whisper me your fears And on my shoulder you could cry Know them outlaw girls, they pay the heaviest price And I wish I was Jesse James Just one day, one day Frank Straw was as fast as a lightning flash. He's so tough in the movies. He's played by Johnny Cash. And he was as loyal of a brother as anyone could ask. And he never said a word about where we kept the hidden stash. kind of love between them brothers they say and I wish I was Jesse James just one day one day